everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. This is Rochelle Denae Poth, and this is episode number 22. So I've been attending a few conferences, and I have had a lot of people say to me, what are some of the tools that you're coming across? What are some of the things that you're learning? What are the conversations? Uh, is there anything neat or cool out there when it comes to artificial intelligence or coding or even just for student creation. And so I thought that I would just share a couple of the tools that I've come across and that I've been using in my classroom and make some suggestions about you know, some things maybe you might want to try with it being the new year, even though we're already, well, we're in the second month of the new year, but that's okay because there were some of these tools at the conferences that I've attended and a lot of them have made new updates or they're integrating with different other tools for accessibility. So it's been really great to see some of the changes happen with them over time, especially since uh, a few of them I've been using for several years now. And at the end of each year, and of course, at the beginning of the year, I like to think back about the different tools that we've used in our classroom. And it's not always about the technology, but I find that I need to give a mix of options for my students. And for myself, I also like to have a bunch of options available to me. It depends on what I want to create, what my message is, uh, who I'm sharing it with. You know, all of those things kind of come into play. And I guess the best way to sum it up is to think about the why. Um, why do I need something? Why do I want to try a different digital tool or a different method? Or why do I want my students to do a project? So I consider all of that. And it's the purpose, right? So what do I think it might help me to do better as a teacher? Or how do I think it can help students to learn in a more authentic way or more meaningful ways uh, that are personalized? We hear a lot of talk about personalized learning, differentiation, and ways that we can provide more for our students. And how can we leverage technology when it's going to be purposeful and kind of mix it into everything that we're already doing. So it's not that we're just putting one more thing on top of all of the other stuff, I will say, but it's, you know, mixing it enough, it's layering it in so that it just becomes a part of all that we're doing and providing for our students. And in considering this, I also think about what are some of the skills that our students need to build to prepare them and not just for the future, because a lot of those skills that we say they need for the future, they need now. And so whether or not the technology exists, we still need students to have skills in different areas that are going to be flexible to whatever the future looks like. And so there are some tools that I use every single year because my students like them, I like them, they're beneficial for their learning, uh, they've added new features, they have different capabilities that give my students more options. And also a lot of the time they've integrated with other tools that just really add more choice and voice for students and for learning. And so there are a few that we use on a regular basis. Uh, one is Buncee, and it is a multimedia presentation tool. You can use it in so many different ways. Students can create, educators can create. I've used it to create kind of a flip lesson. Um, it's great for students to be creative, to find exactly what they want to add into a presentation. I call it the all-in-one, like your one-stop shop. It also offers an ideas lab where teachers can go and look for ideas that other teachers have used in their classroom. Uh, it can be filtered based on age, content area, you know, just a search term that you're looking for. 
And a few months ago, it also integrated um, Immersive Reader into it. So that increases accessibility for students and it gives them more ways to learn, especially for language learners. If you create a presentation, having that Immersive Reader capability enables you to give students the chance to translate it, to listen to it being spoken in another language, to break it down based on part of speech, um, to focus in on one line of text, many, many options that you can use with that. Another tool we use a lot is GimKit, which is a game-based learning tool. And my students really enjoy using this because they say that it helps them to retain the content better because it has repetitive questions. And there are also different ways that you can play it in the classroom. So they get to you know, strategize and they have fun while learning. And there have been many updates over the last couple of years. You can search and use pre-made kits. Uh, you can look at the student data in different ways. And now you can even make flashcards with it. Synth is what we've used for exchanging ideas with students in Argentina and Spain. It's an easy option for recording a, a podcast, um, helping students to build communication skills. It also has a feature where you can record video. But for us, we used it for project-based learning and my students could ask questions to the students in Spain and Argentina. We had discussion threads. Uh, a few of them chose to just record the audio. Some used the video, which was great to see, like what does it look like to go to school in Spain or in Argentina? But it was a great way to have students encourage them to share their ideas and to build confidence when they're speaking. I'm using Anchor for my podcast. And so that finally gave me the courage to start my own, to share my ideas with other educators. But it's certainly one that can be used with students, have them create their own podcast, create something for the school to share news with the community. A lot of great ways you can use either of those tools in your classroom. Wakelet, Many people are talking about recently integrated with Buncee, so a lot more possibilities there. But it is a content content curation tool. You can take um, feed from your from a Twitter chat that you want to put into there, save blogs or videos. Students can collaborate. We use it with project based learning. I have seen teachers use it for station rotation to give to their students. My friend Laura Steinbrink used it to create a scavenger hunt, which I thought was. Amazing. I had no idea that you could do that. You can even record a Flipgrid short video right within the Wakelet collection. And so there's so many ways that you can use it. Uh, if you're looking for a way to kind of just gather all of your links and find them in one space rather than, you know, losing track of them, which I tended to do, I would definitely recommend checking out Wakelet. Uh, and these tools, not necessarily in any specific order, just off the top of my head, thinking about the ones that we use. Nearpod has been one in my classroom that my students have started to create with. For us, when we started, it was with the virtual trips, showing my students what does it look like in South America or what would it be like if we went to Spain. Then they added in 3D objects, which can be used with any level and content area. Just need to find a way to use it. For example, the 3D Eiffel Tower, you don't necessarily have to be a teacher of French. You can use it to have students identify shapes to look at the structure, uh, to give them the height of the Eiffel Tower and have them try to figure out proportionally what's the distance between the different parts in the Eiffel Tower. But it's a way that you can kind of hook students into a lesson. Uh, there are ready-made lessons available on different topics. You can make it interactive with lots of things like quizzes and drawings and audio, video, matching pairs, you name it. Uh, but there are a lot of options available with Nearpod. I will say that 
Boxer is a great tool if you want to have connections with other educators. Time is always a challenge. And so I've been using Boxer for about four years, have used it with students on our trips for um, tech showcases to stay connected, for project-based learning, for them to do some reflections and give feedback. But the last couple of years, it's been used with just groups of friends, part of a professional learning community, book studies, you name it. There are a lot of ways to use the walkie-talkie app um, that reminds me of growing up as a kid and having a walkie-talkie, but now it's actually an app. So if you haven't heard of it, I would recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun to use. And then, of course, Flipgrid which is considered now, I guess, more of a social learning platform. You and students can record video and you can also add in different content to it. So for example, a Nearpod lesson, uh, you can attach documents and files to it. Even augmented reality, which is fun for me because I love talking about things related to AR and VR, but Flipgrid AR would be fun to have students record and then have it kind of pop up into the space and see them talking in their video. And I think I think that's about it for right now. There are some other tools that I learned about uh, last week while at BET, and I have to still process all of my information, but if you're looking for some quick ideas, uh, sometimes you know technology can be overwhelming, and people will say, what's your favorite, or what are your favorite tools? And I always have a go-to, and for me, it's Buncee, because for my students, being able to create whatever they want for educators, being able to start with a lot of templates, a lot of ideas already there for you uh, so that you can try it out and get started right away and you know, see what your students think. I think that is always the way to go. And you don't have to do all of the things. You just have to pick one thing, try it, see how it goes, make changes as needed, ask students for feedback, and then keep going. And if you find that it doesn't work, it's not giving enough extra benefits, uh, or whatever the case may be, there are more tools out there. You just have to start with one and keep going. And when you're comfortable comfortable with that one, then add on something else. But anyway, those are just a few of the tools that we've used in my classroom. And I do ask students what they think. Um, I make sure that I take time to try them out. Definitely recommend uh, on a regular basis. I mean, we always have to be careful with the security and the privacy for all of the tools we're bringing into our classroom for our students. And I recently finished the ISTE Certified Educator course modules, and part of it had us looking at the privacy and all of those guidelines that are in place by the digital tools. And so make sure that you're aware before you use any of these tools with your class, with your students, find out exactly what they have on their site, make sure that it works for you and for your students and that um, the privacy is, is protected because that is the number one thing that I, I want to make sure that I do often and on a regular basis is to double check those. So as always, thank you for listening. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you next time. Can't guarantee the topic maybe about conferences, but I might have some questions about some of these tools. So thanks for listening. See you later.